Like the NFL offseason, getting back in business is what it's all about. And we are here. Smithy's bowing. TD's not listening. It's all happening. This is a TD's and Threes podcast. Fellas, we're getting stuck straight back into it. Smithy, we've already had an episode back in the NBA forum, which according to the analytics is actually our fifth highest over 24 hours. So fingers crossed the NFL fans have missed us just as much. Yeah, really, really uh, humbling to get that much love on the first episode back after a bit of a break, as you said. So uh, thank you to all the loyal listeners who have stuck by us and are ready to jump into another season worth of content, because I know that we are. Absolutely. And as that tells me one thing and one thing only is that the uh, retention of our fans is completely up to TD. So if there is a big gap in analytics, we know where to look. Where are you? Uh, how are you, I should say, mate? What was that? Uh, how I was that? Yeah. <laughs> Taking the piss. I'm good. Thanks, Dad. It's been good to um, uh, kind of have a break from the NFL. As good as it is, as good as it is, um, sometimes it is good to get a break. And, and it kind of feels like the season should be ramping up about now, but it's going to be a little while away um, and the break will feel a lot longer than it actually is. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. So the free agency review, we're probably a bit late to the party, but we've had a chance to relax. So... The pressure's on you, fellas. We've got your podiums in terms of the good teams, the bad teams, some individual moves that we're going to talk about. Maybe a move that's been underhyped because let's face it, 24-7 NFL media only talk about the same five topics at once. And Big Dazzling's just going to host, steer the conversation. Real lack of prep required for the, uh, for the big fellas. So I'm going to enjoy this. Let's start with the good and then we'll move on to the bad. So we've got the uh, the bronze medalist. Smithy, I'll start with you. Who's made your podium? Who was the third biggest winner of free agency, in your opinion, in the NFL? Yeah, third biggest winner for me would be the Denver Broncos. They got their man at the position they so desperately needed, and that was obviously Russell Wilson in a trade with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we spoke all year last year about how badly they needed a quarterback and uh, getting Russell Wilson across was a massive get. They also stole Randy Gregory uh, out of the hands of TD's boys, which I'm sure he'll touch on at some stage, but they got a good addition on both sides of the ball, uh, but they didn't get any higher on this list because the teams coming up had multiple really important additions on both sides of the ball. So um, that's why they're in the bronze spot, but they did a fantastic job in getting Russ to Denver. A great start for Smithy. Good start for Denver. TD, who was your third biggest winner from free agency? Yeah, it was actually really hard looking back, trying to um, kind of measure up the winners, I guess. But Miami Dolphins, for me, are the third biggest winners. Uh, Daz will be happy, of course. No matter what kind of happens, you'd have to be happy. And, and Miami Dolphins fans would have to be happy with the fact they've gone out there, they've tried um, to put a team together, and that, that, that is what they've done. And they've made some big um, free agency signings, some big trade acquisitions. And I think Dazzle will probably touch on it throughout the season and maybe tonight how happy he would be as a Dolphins fan. Whether it pays off or not is a different story, but... Uh, they've got their foot in the door. They're trying to be competitive in an AFC that is extremely competitive. And um, there's no excuses for this team this year, I think, um, especially for Tua. He's at the end of this year, I think, going to have a long-term deal on the table or he might be without a job. So it's, it's a big season for the Dolphins and for Tua. Massive. I like it. Shout out to my boys. I might touch on them at the end. We might go through all three of our uh franchises because we had wildly different uh, off seasons it's fair to say smithy let's get to your silver medalist 
Yeah, I gave the silver to Miami. Um, I thought that bringing in Tyreek Hill is literally the perfect weapon for Tua and his skill set. We know that Tua likes to get the ball out quickly, short passes, um, run run pass options, RPOs, and to get Tyreek Hill into that offense will allow Tua to get the ball out of his hands quickly but still get big chunk plays. Uh, him and Jalen Waddle next to each other is going to be a nightmare for AFC defensive backs. They also brought in Teron Armstead, who will play at left tackle. Uh, it's not the blindside tackle because Tua is obviously a left-hander, but he's one of the best left tackles in football. So bolstering up what was a really poor offensive line was a big need for Miami. And they also bought two of their most important defensive players back uh, re-signing them. That's Xavier Howard, who they did give a contract extension to. He's obviously very important in that secondary. And Emmanuel Ogba, probably their best pass rusher, got bought back on a pretty team-friendly deal. So I thought the Dolphins did a really, really good job. As a Dolphins fan, that really excites me because you two are obviously the voices that I listen to the most. We'll talk about respect later, but listen to the most when it comes to this stuff. So pretty happy as a Dolphins fan. But TD, uh, who did you give your silver medal to, my friend? For me, the silver went to the Cleveland Browns and it was for the exact same reason that Smithy touched on with the Broncos. They had a big need at quarterback and they filled that need, um, you know, with Deshaun Watson, obviously long-term kind of the only, it was out of the, the Browns and Denver for me. And the only reason I lent the Browns is uh, the, the long-term for Cleveland, as well as the short term, they're really talented. Um, and as I said, they needed a franchise quarterback and say what you will about Baker Mayfield, but he wasn't that guy. Um, and obviously they traded for Deshaun Watson and it did ruffle a few feathers uh, for Browns fans with the off-field stuff, but purely um, from an on-field standpoint, it is a massive upgrade and he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. And I think a lot of people have forgotten how good he actually is considering he didn't play last year and, like I said, with the Dolphins, there's no excuses for this team either. They're really talented. We spoke on it last year. Uh, they just couldn't put the talent together for on-field success. And I think if they can't do that with this current group of players, it's going to be a massive failure. Bang. I like it. And Smitty, I'm not sure what you had on your 2022 bingo card, but I didn't have TD flipping his opinion on Baker Mayfield during the hiatus. Did you? No, he was uh, he was the leader of the Baker Mayfield <laughs> fan club at one stage last year. So uh, very interesting to see he's jumped off. What happens if he signs as the backup in Dallas? <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't jumped off at all, but I, I think it's fair to say he wasn't the franchise guy. I was happy if the Browns gave him another year and another shot. I thought he deserved one, and it actually looks like he's not going to get a chance at all, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, we'll touch on him throughout the offseason. Jeepers, he's got a bit of France in World War II about him. I mean, he's just surrendered while he was ahead. That's dangerous, <laughs> and I like it. Smithy, who got your gold, mate? Who was the biggest winner during the uh, during the offseason so far before we hit the draft? I'm pretty comfortable calling them your island team. Uh, the LA Chargers win the offseason for me. Uh, obviously, the Khalil Mack trade uh, was massive. They needed someone on the other side of Joey Bosa, and uh, getting Khalil Mack is probably one of the best options you could choose from, to be honest. Uh, they probably did the best signing of the offseason for me. Uh, well, one of the best would be JC Jackson signing uh, from coming across from New England. 
the Chargers needed a number one corner. They had Asante Samuel, the rookie last year, as their number one shutdown corner, but he just wasn't quite up to it in his rookie season. Uh, pairing him with JC Jackson, who we know is nicknamed Mr. Interception for a reason because he's just a genuine ball hawk and he's going to be fantastic for them. I think probably one of the bigger signings for them is Sebastian Joseph Day switching LA teams coming over from the Rams. They had a real problem stopping the run last year, uh, the Chargers, and he will do exactly that. He's going to come in, eat space, uh, clog up those running lanes and be really big. And they also bought Mike Williams back. So four massive moves for them, uh, really bolstering up the defense. We know their offense is really good. So to bolster up the defense, if they can if they can draft the right tackle in the first round, they're going to be formidable. They uh the old Chargers Super Bowl in two year prediction. That would be Super Bowl two year prediction for those playing along at home, because that wasn't English. Uh would be looking really good if the AFC wasn't on fucking steroids right now. But I feel good about where the Chargers are at as the island team. T D, who won your gold medal, mate? Who performed the best, do you think, before we hit the draft? Yeah, well, I was wondering how long it would take for you to bring that up, but uh, I'm the exact same. The gold medal for me has gone to the Chargers, and I think most people would agree uh, they've gone all in. Uh, and that is the way to go uh, with Justin Herbert on his rookie contract. Uh, you saw the Chiefs do it with Mahomes on the rookie deal at work then. Lately, it's been veteran quarterbacks signing short-term deals that have kind of won the Super Bowls, but I think the best way to go about it when you've got a young quarterback on a rookie deal is just to go all in and worry about the future later on. Um, Smithy touched on kind of everything with this Chargers team. I thought Sebastian Joseph Day, as well as Smithy, you know, he, he isn't a, a big name player, um, but he is going under the radar. And I thought that was a really good signing as along with JC Jackson and Khalil Mack too. Obviously um, everyone's going to agree that they're, Really good. We've seen Chargers teams in the past be really talented um, and not have much success. I can't see this team not having success. I don't know if I'm ready to call them, you know, a massive Super Bowl contender at the moment. We're obviously going to see how they put it together on the field. But in terms of off-season winners and losers, the Chargers have to be the team that won the most. I like it. So they are the winners. Let's get to the losers. And TD, I'll come to you first. So... Who these are the teams that either didn't do enough, didn't do anything, or what they did do was completely mind-boggling. I'm looking forward to seeing where you two sit. So, TD, who wins the uh, the anti-bronze medal, if you will? Yeah, this one was fun to look through as well. Um, obviously, free agency's weeks old now, and and kind of looking back mm -hmm. at all the things that have happened, one a uh, couple of teams stood out, but the bronze medal for me goes to the Chicago Bears. Um, Smithy's obviously got a lot of interest in the Bears due to Justin Fields, and they really didn't do much this offseason to get Bears fans excited with Justin Fields. They added Byron Pringle from Kansas City, uh, but that doesn't really excite me. I know it's not going to excite anyone else. And they lost Alan Robinson, and we know he didn't have the season anyone was expecting last year, but that's still a big name to lose. And um, you replace him with Byron Pringle, it just doesn't. Add up, and it should be a season that Bears fans can be looking forward to, um, kind of seeing what the future is going to be like with Justin Fields. But it, it just it doesn't look that way, and it, it's pretty disappointing for me. And the the other downside is that, and of course, we don't live in America, so all the US people listening that might disagree with this, just let us know why on the message boards. But Chicago fans, no matter the sport, 
just seem extremely passionate and a bit like me, very pessimistic at the moment. So I do feel for them in that sense. But then again, there's something about having a rival not doing as well. That is okay. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the Bears, are they're one of those teams that's like, when they eventually do get it right, I think everyone's going to think it's about time, which is a bit of a shame. But anyway, let's move on. Smithy, who wins your anti-bronze? Kansas City Chiefs for me. Um, they traded away Tyree Kill, which was um, probably the shock of the offseason for me. I know when that news broke, it was the one move where I sat back and thought, whoa, I did not see that coming at all. Um, and I don't care who they bought in. Don't come at me and say Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to take Tyree Kill's role because uh, that is just blasphemy. They also let Honey Badger walk. Um, he's come out and said that if they offered him the deal, they offered Justin Reed, he would have signed. I think that's a bad look. Um, obviously, Tyron Matthews done so much for that organization. And considering they didn't even have the respect to offer him a contract like that, and they just discarded him. I don't like that look. So uh, for losing two of their most impactful players uh, on either side of the ball, it's the Chiefs for me in bronze. Just if we get to a spot where Nick Wright listens to us, any anti-Chiefs talk, Smithy, you'll get a, uh, a ferocious tweet. So I look forward to uh, to when you become his public enemy, number one. TD, your anti-Silver, who stunk it up worse than the Bears? Yeah, well, I don't know if this is um, kind of like a personal aspect, I guess, but I've put the Cowboys in here. I, I feel like I'm as flat on this team as I have been in a long time. And they kind of took to the strategy this offseason to re-sign their own players over signing new ones, which I don't hate that strategy. Um, if you've got a good young core, it's obviously better to keep those players and bring in new ones. But the team they had last year couldn't even win a playoff game. So how um, can they keep those same players and expect more success, especially when the NFC compared to the AFC looks very wide open? Uh, and you look at the fact they lost Amari Cooper, Lael Collins and Randy Gregory, uh, and all they got back for them three was a fifth round pick. It, it's pretty gross. Um, and I, I just, I'm really flat on this team. Still got some talented players um, and they're probably going to be a contender in the NFC East, I guess. But uh, in terms of the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl, like most fans care about, I, I honestly can't see that happening at all this year. And it's been a, a while since I've said that about the team. Geez, that's flattening to hear, Smithy, don't you think? Wow, that's, uh, yeah. Our man has fallen off his perch considering he said they were the best thing in the NFC East just in decades, and all of a sudden they just can't <laughs> win it. So why is he bothering? We, we actually, I actually came on before TD came into the Zoom chat and said, I can't wait for him to talk about how they're the favorites in the NFC, and he's just <laughs> gone the absolute opposite <laughs> way. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, sorry, I've, um, I've thought about, uh, changing teams, and I, I think I might be going for the Chargers this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, there's a few franchises, probably lesser than the Cowboys, that are thinking the same. Smithy, who is your anti-Silver? Who has just done a little bit worse than the Chiefs? New York Jets, and I oh, kick them all down. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. I've, I think they had the second most cap space coming into this off season. Uh, they were reportedly linked to every single big name. <laughs> they had offers to everyone. They were leading the race for Tyreek Hill. They were in on Devontae Adams. They wanted Teron Armstead. They wanted everyone. 
and they got no one. <laughs> Absolutely no one wanted to go to the New York Jets. And uh, considering the amount of money they had, I think their best signing was a left guard uh, on about three years, $30 million. You sound bored saying that. I mean, good for him. He got paid, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you come into the offseason with that much money and you just literally strike out on everyone you want, you've got to come away pretty flat. So uh, the Jets won't be too happy with what's gone on. I don't think they were happy before you said that, mate. So I don't think that's improved <laughs> in any kind of way. TD, oh, I'm really curious because there's a franchise that I really hope one of you bring up as your gold here because I think they need to be talked about, but... Who is your anti-gold who had the worst uh, trade period, free agency period? Who is in the worst shape before the draft? It's pretty tough for me that the gold medal or the anti-gold or, or whatever we're calling this uh, is the Chiefs. And I feel like it's pretty tough um, to say that because they are such a good team, but it's not so much what they did or didn't do the offseason. It's what everyone else in that division did. Uh, and since Patrick Mahomes debuted, um, the Chiefs have gone 20 and four in division games, and that speaks for itself. There's not too, there hasn't been too much competition in that division. All three of those teams got significantly better. Uh, the Chiefs didn't. Obviously, Smithy touched on the players they lost. They didn't really bring in anyone that's going to, you know, they didn't bring in anyone compared to the, the division rivals. I just, you know, their last four years, they've just about walked into a first round playoff by. Uh, that's not going to happen this year. Not saying that no chance to get that, but they're not going to walk into it. It's going to be really tough. They're going to have those six really tough division games and um, they're going to have a tough schedule as well. So I think they're in pretty bad shape. Uh, or they're in good shape still, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like what the, their rivals did compared to what they did, um, they've taken a big step back where those other three teams have taken a big step forward. Bang, there we go. I like it. Huge call there. Smithy, who wins your anti-gold? Who is the worst? Who is in the worst shape pre-draft? Yeah, I like the way TD looked at that actually, because he's dead right that every team in that division took massive steps forward and they took a few steps back. So I like the call, but I've gone with Seattle. Um, they lost their franchise cornerstones on both sides of the ball. Uh, so they lost Russell Wilson at quarterback. They're going into the season with a quarterback room of Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and Jacob Eason. So, um, oh boy. yeah, there's about two and a half wins between that group, unfortunately. And they also just let Bobby Wagner walk and sign with the LA Rams. So, uh, obviously, their most important player on offense of the last 10 years and easily their best player on defense for the last uh, six or seven years gone in the same off season uh, and they didn't really bring anyone substantial in. So uh, I think the Seahawks were the big losers from this off season. Bang. There we go. They were the team that I was hoping one of you would bring up. So there we go. That is all good. The anti uh, metal winners for our boys. Let's get on to your three anti favorite metal winners. Anti yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, didn't think make it make sense yeah well i just did that's i think we're just backing over it now let's <laughs> move on to our favorite moves back to the positives so these are just individuals it could be a player finally getting out of a bad spot it could be they've wound up in the best position or they're just going to take massive leaps so you guys get to be as biased as you want to when it comes to your three favorite move moves i don't really have a medal system for this so we're just going to go three two one Smithy, I'll start with you. Your third favorite individual move in the offseason. 
Well, considering there's three, can't we just go bronze, silver, and gold again? Well, I mean, you can, but I just thought changing it up would be all right. Fine. Who is your individual bronze winner? It would be JC Jackson to the LA Chargers. Um, got paid big money, going to live in LA, which is a massive plus for him. Uh, and he's going to automatically be the cornerback one. Uh, he's going to have some tough receivers to guard in that division. But I think considering uh, the team situation, they're a young team, really on the rise. He got paid and he's living in one of the most uh, sought after states in America. So uh, JC Jackson would be the bronze medal winner for me. Does anyone want to tell Smithy Los Angeles is a state, uh, is a city and not a state <laughs> anyway? Well, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Geography. How man. Oh boy. All right. TD, your individual bronze, mate. What move did you really like? Uh, mine's another player going to um, the Los Angeles state. Uh, but it's Bobby Wagner going to the Rams uh, and obviously the Rams lost Von Miller and he's not going to replace him on the field, but it's clear that the Rams are all about star power and they have been for you know the last few years, big name free agent guys. And that's exactly what Bobby Wagner is. He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL and they got him on a short-term deal as, as well. I think it, it is technically a five-year deal, but it really is only a two-year deal. They've, they've, kind of manipulated that contract the way they do and and it doesn't really make sense to anyone except the Rams front office I guess but um, I just feel like that's a really good um, get from them and you know we kind of touched on the Rams long-term success during last year we were a bit iffy on it but I think the Rams going into this year are one of the top contenders in the NFC again and I didn't think I'd be saying that about the Rams but this deal um, certainly helps them out. I like it. All right, Smithy, the uh, the silver medal, who are you giving it to? Uh, Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas. Uh, I thought it was perfect for both sides because Devontae Adams has always wanted to play for the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr with his, was his college quarterback at Fresno State, and he's always wanted to play with Derek Carr. Uh, so big pluses for him. He obviously got the massive contract as well. Uh from the trade, which is a big tick for him. And for the Raiders, we spoke about it all season, how they desperately need a big-time wide receiver. Uh, there's only so many uh, routes from the slot that Hunter Renfro can run until defences uh, get him out of the game. So to have that big-time wide receiver, he's a top-three wide receiver in the NFL. So to give Derek Carr that, I think, is a massive plus. So both sides won on this one. That's why they get the silver. Bang. I like it. TD, back over to you, mate. What's another move that you really, really liked? Yeah, I, I really liked Brendan Scherf to the Jaguars. Um, I do obviously have that added investment to the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence being the quarterback. He's um, starting to look like him too, by the way. We've got a cap on backwards. <laughs> oh, boy. Just need to uh, get the razor out, I think. But Old, uh, um, old, old Trevor Lawrence on wish over here. Big TD. I like I'll, it. I'll cop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they they certainly went into this offseason needing to upgrade that offensive line. And I really like Brandon Scherf. He's he's been a really good player for Washington for a long time. Um, he's going to be a, a big loss for them. Um, but their loss is J Jacksonville's gain. And that offensive line is starting to take a little bit of shape. It's not all the way there. And obviously, it depends to be seen if it is going to work out. But um, they've done the right thing. They've gone in and, and got a really good player injury questions about him as well, which is 
Um, the only concern, but when he is playing, he's, he's one of the best guards in the league, and I'm really excited to see how the Jaguars look if they can protect Trevor Lawrence. Bang, I like it. All right, let's get to the uh, the gold. Smithy, your number one, your favourite, who was the best, what was the best individual move, I should say? Russell Wilson to Denver. Um, I know we've spoken about it a fair bit, but it was literally the thing we preached all last season that Denver needed a quarterback. And we actually spoke a few times on the show about how Russ needed to get out of Seattle. Mm. And it seems like both things have married up beautifully. Uh, he's got big time weapons with him in Denver. Uh, he'll have Javante Williams to hand the ball off to Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick at wide receiver. Um, KJ Hamler, if he comes back from the ACL, he, he's got weapons. So uh, I think he's gone to a fantastic situation. He's the kind of quarterback that can lead Denver over the hump. So uh, just a beautiful move all around, I think. Bang, I like it. All right, TD, let's uh, let's finish strong, mate. Yeah, I've gone with Lael Collins to the Bengals. I think the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line uh, was a unit in the NFL or the unit in the NFL that needed an upgrade the most. They went out and, and upgraded and, uh, you know, Lael Collins is a really good player and it does suck that the Cowboys released him. Um, the fact that players as good as him get released in the NFL just is the harsh reality of the NFL, which kind of sucks, but you know, you understand it. Um, you know, the Bengals, I thought, Lael Collins was one of the best offensive linemen on the market or in the free agency market. Uh, and he was one of the younger ones compared to a couple of the other guys who were in their thirties. I think it's such a good get. They obviously um, got uh, Kappa as well from Tampa Bay, but just looking at Lael Collins, really good player. It's obviously they needed an upgrade and that's what they, they got. Um, and he's going to help them out big time. I think. Bang. I like it. And Smithy, we had your one of yeah, I've lost I, track here. Yeah, I did, you did. Uh, Denver, Denver, uh, to Denver. I'm with you. Yeah. My uh, my notes decided to shirk on me. All right, let's go the undervalued or underhyped uh, move. We're going to go an overhyped move, a way too early season prediction, and then we're out of here. It's fair to say, uh, dazzling. Oh boy, one vote. He's been rusty tonight, which isn't what we're after. But you two fellas are flying. TD, who is the most underhyped move? What is a move that no one is talking about? that they absolutely should. So basically you get to say, this is the move. So when it's talked about by others during the year, you can look back on it and say, I got there first. So what is that pick? Yeah, well, this one is, in my opinion, one of the more underrated moves. And it was one of my favorite moves. I just didn't want to put it in there twice, but it's Miles Jack going to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I really like him. And it is easy for players like him to get lost on bad teams and bad defenses in general, which is what happened in Jacksonville. Uh, obviously, when that defense was thriving, he was uh, the focal point of that defense. But it's been a while since that Jaguars team had a good defense. And I think it's a great fit going to Pittsburgh. I feel like, you know, he's going to really shine in Pittsburgh and um, you know, could, you know, I don't want to say give Pittsburgh or make Pittsburgh a, a dominant defense. But I feel like pairing him with Devin Bush is really a good way to go. Um, and he took big unders as well. I think he, he was a two-year deal with about $16 million. I thought he could have earned a little bit more than that, but maybe he took unders to go to a good defensive team. But that's a move that I really like. 
the price you pay for success, as they say, I like it. That is a move that I haven't heard the uh, the mainstream go for. So, Smithy, you've got quite a task to to match that in terms of underrated. Have, have you got it in you? I think I do. Why has no one spoken about Marcus Williams signing with Baltimore? Um, he was one of the big high priority safeties. He got a five year contract worth seventy million, and from the moment he signed there, no one has spoken about it. But he is literally the perfect fit for that defense. Um, we saw Baltimore's defense quite a few times last year get beaten over the top. Uh, they had uh, big time injuries at cornerback, but they didn't have that over the top safety to guard the middle of the field. Marcus Williams is awesome at that. I think he's going to bring a different aspect to that defense. Uh, was so good in New Orleans for the Saints. So I'm glad to see him out of the NFC South from a uh, personal standpoint, but I think him signing with Baltimore is exactly what the Ravens defense needed. Uh, and he should be able to elevate them back up to one of the best uh, defenses in the NFL. I think, I think in, and I'm not here to defend sort of mainstream sort of NFL media, because there are so many things that we get frustrated by it. I think because Baltimore players get hurt that easily, he could just wake up stretch in the morning and rip his hamstring off the bone. Like that's, Probably two to one paying on the odds makers might be why they're not talking about it, but I like it. Let's get into the overhype, the uh, the move that everyone is jumping on board that you just want to maybe wait and see or you're not sure if the fit is as good as everyone says. TD, I'll start with you. Yeah, this was a really hard one just because you, you look through the list of players that signed places and, and you kind of go, yeah, I can see that. I really like that. But um, one that I guess it, it didn't bother me, but seeing Cordero Patterson sign again, with the Falcons, um, kind of was, you know, it's been his best landing spot. He's been in the league about 10 years and played for four different teams, but he just had this one year last year where he kind of turned into a really good player or at least a fantasy football really good player. And I just think he is more of an overrated player. And I feel like he's a guy that if he didn't have last year, might've just fallen out of the league, but um, all of a sudden, he did have that one year. I'm a bit iffy on Cordero Patterson. Obviously, be happy for him to prove me wrong, but I just feel like, um, you know, we've seen more bad than good from him. So, yeah. Pressure's on. Bang. I like it. Smithy, your overhyped move, mate. A, a head scratcher, if you will. Why do people think that a... Matt Ryan, who is going to be 37 at the start of this coming season, is going to be any sort of upgrade at quarterback for the Colts over Carson Wentz. I don't understand it. It's a genuinely sideways move. Your mate, sh- your mate Collins had a big say in this, the rolling with the uh, the Matt Ryan love. So take, oh, that, take well, that with a grain of salt, I think. Let's have a look. Last year, Matt Ryan, he threw for under 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, had fumble problems. I, I don't understand how he's an upgrade on Carson Wentz. They got rid of Carson Wentz and thought, oh, let's bring in Matt Ryan. But how is that an upgrade? It's literally, they're literally the same quarterback, except Matt Ryan is about 10 years older. It's just another sideways move for the Colts at quarterback. They should have held, traded up in the draft and had a gamble on someone like Malik Willis. Because at least then... You're banking on upside and Matt Ryan is only going to get worse. So 
Um, I don't understand the narrative that the Colts are all of a sudden a, a danger in the AFC now because they have not improved at quarterback whatsoever. Again, I don't want to make it like I'm defending or saying you're wrong, but the vaccination status of Carson Wentz is probably, I think, given the reports come out, is the biggest reason why he's gone. But that does open up the question of why didn't they draft one? Why didn't they go after someone else? So I still think your point is perfectly valid. But as to why they got rid of Wentz to bring him in, getting rid of Wentz would have been about the vaccination stuff in which we are not going to touch on because that is not the point of the show. So a way too early season prediction that if you are right, we won't talk about again. And if we are wrong, we will absolutely dig it up this time in about nine months away. Absolutely. Uh, I'll jump in on this one as well, but I'm happy to go last. Smithy, your way too early season prediction. It can be a team going up, team going down, a player. What's something that we're going to be talking about in a year that you can uh, sort of hit your wagon to? Go for it. Uh, Kyla Murray will be on a different team. Oh boy. As I in think... before week one or at the yeah. end of next season? No, before week one. <laughs> I think the the contract standoff at the moment is going to get to a point where the team, the parties become um, too far apart and they can't agree on something and someone is going to throw, a team is going to throw three or four first round picks at the Cardinals and it'll be too hard to say no. So I can see Kyler Murray on a different team and I bloody hope it's my Panthers. <laughs> they might get Baker out to Arizona. That would be interesting. Well, there you go. Good. Oh, I'd say I was going to say that would work, but it would probably work more for your Panthers. Let's be completely honest. Uh, TD, you're way too early season prediction, mate. Yeah, mine is way too early and probably way too bold. But uh, <laughs> my prediction is going to be the Bengals will miss the playoffs uh, in the upcoming season. I just feel like the AFC has has gotten completely out of hand. Like it is just so loaded. There's going to be some really talented teams that miss the playoffs and. If you just look at that AFC North division, the Browns, as I said, they, they've gone all in and they really have no excuses. The Steelers got better, I think, but um, if they could have found a quarterback, that would have been really tricky as well. The Ravens, they're not going to be as bad as they were last year. There's six games of your season um, against some really tough opponents. They also finished first in the division last year, so they get a first-place schedule. It's, it's a brutal schedule. They're going to play the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bucks. Um, they did address their biggest need in the offensive line, but uh, this one's more of what everyone else did um, as opposed to kind of what the Bengals did. And I guess I'm not in a position where I can sit and trust them as much as I can trust the Chiefs um, and other big name teams like that. But, um, you know, big call, but we'll see how it goes. Bang, I like it. Let's jump in on the boldness, but I'm going to say the Vikings win the NFC North this year i'm so far off the packers it's not funny so uh, putting faith into kirk cousins is something that as i say that out loud makes me want to throw up in my mouth but um i'm going to back in what they're doing and where they're going and shout out to my brother who's a packers fan but he can get stuffed and so can the packers so the vikings win that and the sort of um reign of terror that the packers have had on that division i reckon he's gonna come to an end all right let's finish up fellas so before we hit the draft smithy you have been the, uh, the draft, Tradamus. Uh, I was practicing that in my head about four times before I said it and think I nailed it, so I'm going to go with it. Um, mate, you've been spot on with your analysis coming out sort of in private conversations, so we need to bring that to the people. We'll be getting your full first-round mock draft, hopefully before the draft, which if you're in Australia is April 20. 
9th. So looking forward to that. And then after the draft, we'll go through our early reactions to how every team went. TD, you've been outstanding tonight. I'm going to give you the three votes. Smithy, you get the two um, by proxy because Daz has been horrific tonight and I didn't even have to do that much. So the big fella's got to improve. Smithy, you're going to sign us off in your signature style and uh, it's good to be back. I'll say it's good to be back. Uh, it's been brilliant. Shout out to TD. He has come back in fine form oh, after, the, after the break. And it, it is... 2022 it, is my year, boys. It, it is scary for the rest of the NFL media that this bloke is in this good a form this early. Uh, shout out to you, Daz. Uh, hasn't been your best night, but I'm sure you'll bounce back as all stars do. Can't wait to bring you my mock draft. Been working very hard on the draft prospects. So looking forward to making some bold calls and hopefully uh, ruffling some feathers. But until then, stay safe, everyone.